You're listening to the 3PM Podcast, brought to you by Enigma Voices. Now, here's your host, Ruben Pinder. Hello, we're back and refueled after a winter break, and this is what's on today's show. Harry Kane does it again in the North London derby. Rafa gets the better of Jose. Man City managed to scrape past Leicester despite having no players. Huddersfield pull Bournemouth's pants down and their own. All the big stories from the EFL and a look ahead to the Champions League. Obviously, Kieran is not here today, but fear not, because I'm joined by Mr Etienne Fermi and pod debutant Lee Pearson. Welcome. Did you enjoy your, uh, the winter break, Etienne? No. Not that, not that football had a winter break, but we did. It's nice to be back in the studio, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good answers. Right. We'll start with North London Derby then. That will uh, yes. cheer everyone up. Let's. Um, so, obviously Spurs won 1-0, but uh, I don't think that really reflected the game. I thought there could have been about eight more goals in this game. Most of them for us. Um, yeah, it was a bit mental, really, that it only finished 1-0 in the end. Um, I thought the first half, it was a bit of a chess match, really. Um Obviously, Arsenal came to frustrate with El Nenny being selected in the uh, in the midfield. But um, no, I thought it was fair. We had kind of one golden chance in the first half. But it was the second half, really. It really opened up when they decided to bring on Lacazette and Iwobi. And we had about five chances in the next 10 minutes. Uh, the best of which probably falling to Delhi and Eric Lamella. But... Uh, Say la vie. Thankfully, uh, they didn't equalise. So. Yeah, I thought um, Lacazette had like one or two really good chances to score, but didn't look very confident when he went through on goal. Um, do you think the scoreline reflects? Do you think Spurs deserve to win, Lee? Spurs definitely deserve to win that game. I think it should have been like four or five before Arsenal even got their asses into gear. And yeah. In the last 10 minutes, I think. Well, not even the last 10 minutes, the last five. Um, but Arsenal sort of wasted chances to snatch a point that yeah, wouldn't have been deserved. But yeah, it wouldn't have been deserved. They didn't They didn't come out and do anything particularly exciting. You normally expect North London derbies to be fast and furious, but you could just tell with Wenger's tactics that he didn't really want to do anything. He just wanted to sit in and hope for a draw. And nearly, nearly got it in the end, but it would have been completely undeserved. Yeah, yeah. A, a po- a, sorry, a, a point I want to make is uh, it's something I've been saying to you boys off air for a little while with uh, Davinson Sanchez, how he's kind of prone to just lapses that ruin his performances. And it was kind of touched upon by the press quite a lot last week after he had a bit of a horror show at Anfield. But yesterday, uh, he was really good for the majority of the game. And then in the last minute, that Lacazette chance, when you actually look at it back, it's what is Sanchez doing? It looked like he had a turning circle of a bus when you went. When yeah, was there, I, he just didn't turn around quick enough. I mean, it's nothing, you know, it was a nothing ball forward. Like, we actually looked at it yesterday and paused it as the ball is, uh, you know, has just been played. And from that position, there's no way Lacazette should be through on goal. But Sanchez sort of, at the, it's like he thinks at the last minute, oh, I could intercept this, and then finds himself completely out of position. And Lacazette should have scored, really. He, but he got across into a position where he could have just stuck a leg out and intercepted it. But he let the ball run past him, and then as he tried to turn, Lacazette had already got acceleration do going. Thinks, so. do, you think he, do you think he thinks the ball's got more pace on it, so it's going, like, Lloris was getting there or not? No, I think it's just a lapse in, con- in concentration. Yeah. And that's something he needs to stamp out a bit. I mean, it's very picky and it's harsh because, you know, he's a he's a 21-year-old centre-back yeah. who, on the whole, has done really well this season. But when at this level, you've kind of got to nitpick because that usually is the difference and could have been on Saturday. Yeah, true. But he did play well for about 80 minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the talk about Aubameyang before the game. <laughs> Hardly realised he was playing, to be honest. He didn't do a lot. Yeah, I mean they couldn't really get the ball to him, could they? He's he's an off the shoulder sort of striker, and I don't think Özil or Abemi, um Mkhitaryan played particularly well. Mkhitaryan played really badly actually, but Özil just couldn't really get involved. Maybe playing four three three, put them putting them two out wide really shackled them a bit because they couldn't get like the ball. Both like to cut in, don't they? Yeah, and sticking them out on the wings is not a, not a very good idea by anybody's part. It's like number tens almost. It's almost as if the uh, scattergun approach to their attacking signings. You know, won't work because, like, if they play three four three, then they could both play behind a striker. But they they seem to have ditched that to try and fit them all in together. Like it worked against um, Everton because they played um, Iwobi, and then they got they were able to play Özil central. But um, it was just Arsenal. It was just Arsenal away in a big game. 
just didn't yeah. turn up. It's almost it like big, much what it was. It's almost like big teams can all batter Everton at home. But um you know, I thought Mikitarian was particularly woeful on Saturday. I thought Urzel was okay, actually. I didn't think he was too bad, but Mikitarian was horrendous. And actually, I thought El Neni of their midfield trio was probably the best. I, I thought he did his job really well. He, and doesn't, you know, he doesn't make a lot of errors, El Neni. He's just a bit dull. But. And you know, I've criticised him in the past, but I, I actually thought he was fine. And then, you know, Jack Wilshere played one good pass for the offside, which was really marginal. Mm. To be honest, if that offside hadn't been given, I don't think uh, uh, other Spurs fans could have really complained. Was it, it that his like head was offside, so he was leaning? Yeah, but it's so, yeah. but it's so tight. Yeah, like we we, we yeah. got a bit of luck there with that one. But other than that, I thought he was pretty much in Dembele's pocket for most of the game. Hey, Wilshire. Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I thought Eric Dyer was superb Dembele, as well. Dembele had a great game. Yeah, I, weekend I think he was probably the one that probably dominated that midfield for you, so didn't allow. Didn't allow Arsenal to get into the game as much. I can't. Me. I can't believe he didn't get man of the match. I think uh, some people gave it to Kane. Like, I think online it got given to Kane, and I th- apparently on Sky it got given to Petr Cech. Check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no. To be fair, he did make quite a few. Yeah, but um, the saves he did make. Saves. The saves he did make were quite. Well, they were at him. Let's let's not let's be frank. They were at him. Yeah, like the Trippier volley, the Kane volley. Yeah. I mean, the Kane volley. He hit that unbelievably hard. That's like the best he's ever hit a shot is just unfortunate it was straight at the keeper has like, he hit it too well you yes. could argue Clive he's hit it too well yes he's hit it too well sad um, <laughs> so now Spurs are seven points clear of Arsenal who are sixth and Spurs are fourth, fourth. yeah going Chelsea. into although that's dependent on tonight's game yeah so by the time people listen to this Chelsea will probably have scraped past West Brom 1-0 Chelsea will win 5-0 but yeah um We'll yeah, so that. Arsenal have no chance of top four. I've no idea why Aubameyang's gone there. I understand Mkhitaryan because his stock's fallen because his time at United was a bit of a disaster, yeah. barring a few uh, exceptions. But I don't understand why Aubameyang's gone there. He surely could have done better. Than it that. is strange. Well, he was, he he'd been like holding out for a move to Real Madrid for years and never got it. But um, he might have, see, if he waited six more months, he might have got it. In do the you summer. reckon he sees this as a bit more of a stepping stone? So maybe spend maybe what, but, eighteen months at Arsenal and then see if he can get a move somewhere else. Yeah, he's already 29. 28, 29, yeah. So, but if he's still scoring yeah, goals at thirty, he's still got three good years in him. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone, you know, what Real Madrid, know. not Real Madrid every player Barca, loses their pace. Like, yeah. He's still really athletic. But so. a lot of his game is revolved around yeah. that pace. So maybe clubs would be less, like more sceptical as to whether he'd be worth the investment. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, and we'll cross the uh, the Tyne Bridge. <laughs> Good segue. As we <laughs> analyse Newcastle beating Manchester United, Rafa getting the better of Jose. United were just really bad, weren't they? It's just, it, was, it was a typical United performance for me. It was, they just lacked something. And I think that's how Mourinho plays. It just sort of lacked that spark that they needed to break down a team who was sitting back for most of the game. Like, you know, they just didn't seem to break them down until till the end, really, where they Dis- had three or four decent chances. Despite the fact that they've got Sanchez, Martial, Lingard, Pogba all on the pitch, <laughs> no spark. No spark. But that, I think that's a game that's being how it's being coached in that in a way where you actually can utilize all those players, and they just don't get in your faces. They sort of all seem passive. Yeah, like they don't. Like it's Tottenham play full throttle football, so they're pressing really high. United seems to just sit back off a team and then hope to break them down when they're sat when they've got ten men behind the ball. Yeah, United do that. United are like the least intense team of the of the big ones. I feel like they just don't they don't seem to have much of a plan. It seems like they've put players in their theoretically their strongest position and just hoped for the best because they they look sort of in lacking in ideas and Pogba Matic has stopped working. Well, I'm going to say something a bit big here now, but I think if Chelsea can find form again, I think it'll be United that slip out of the top four. They are, they are second at the moment. For me. The thing is, with this league, is there's 20 teams, but there's too many leagues. There's the top six and the rest. And the fact is, you know, supporting a top six club, the majority of matches is attack versus defence in this league. And as one of the big teams, if you struggle... To break a team down, it can happen. Uh, you know, I've seen it a lot myself. Um, it's difficult because you're just trying to break down, you know, two banks of four, or a bank of five, and a bank of four. And if you if you're not completely dialed in and switched on, 
as United weren't yesterday. It's so difficult because teams can be so resolute. And because you're always up against teams like that, sometimes you get days like this. Yeah, true. I mean, like Newcastle held City for, for quite long when they played them and but City broke through because as you said they've got more of a spark they're better coached going forward Rafa performance wasn't it by yeah. Newcastle typical Rafa performance yeah give credit to Newcastle to be mm. fair they, they were good I thought Shelby in particular was, was brilliant and completely outshone Pogba who did look slightly injured but it, was, it, reminds, it reminded me a little bit of like the Huddersfield 2 one I know I'm going to mention it because I'm yeah, a Huddersfield fan but it was if you can get into United United's faces which Shelby and Diarmi did pretty much to the midfield Pogba doesn't have the fight because you come from the Italian league where you get sat off all the time. Mm. So if you get in his face, he actually doesn't like a little bit of a challenge. If you can clip his ears a little time and get away with it, he's all he does is moan. Pogba's a strange one. He's got like he's got the body uh, and the physique of a central midfielder, but he's got the mind and the technique of of a creative number ten. But they don't want to play him that far forward, and he. Matic was meant to free him up, but Matic can't do everything on his own, especially when he plays really sluggishly like he has done recently. So United are going to have to change it up a bit if they want to well, he bought, improve he, their he form. He bought Carrick on, didn't he? He brought, he brought, he Carrick, brought Carrick on Carrick for Pogba yeah. just after they conceded. But I think if he if if he had Carrick and Matic playing in the middle, then it frees Pogba to play that number 10, doesn't it? So they need they need two defensive midfielders yeah. to allow Pogba for it. And yep. then that just creates more selection problems with the front four now that they've signed Sanchez, who, by the way, should just play on the right because Martial on the right is just such a waste I, I hate watching Martial on the right he can't do anything well he can but it's just so much better on the left because otherwise it oh, frustrates me anyway um, Gale should have had a penalty as well when Smalling tripped him in the corner of the box um, who, Smalling was absolutely dreadful don't you think Smalling and Jones were both 4-4 they yeah. don't know how to play with each other which is weird given that they've both been at United since like 2011 <laughs> but even Shearer said um, it, doesn't, it feels like Mourinho doesn't have confidence in both of them like even when he had the ball like they were on match the day on what was it like match day two last night they said it, they don't split a centre backs which you see all top six sides mm. doing they all, they split a centre back so they can play out from the back because they know the teams are going to sit back and defend Yeah, they don't they just they just hit it up top to Lukaku maybe it could be the Lukaku factor where you got the big man up top so they're trying to see if they can use the pace in behind but there's not a single Manchester United centre back pairing that I would feel confident in I, I think mean, if, any combination if, if they're all fit it's like I mean Eric Bailly hasn't played in a while but he's by far their best centre back mm. then it's who you put next to him because him and Jones had a little spell of form together him and Rojo have had a spell of form together but all of United centre backs are flawed Jones, Smalling, Rojo and Blind all have a mistake in them and Lindelof and oh I mean he's but got Lindelof plenty of mistakes in him one out of all of them yeah although it's, it's it seems early to judge Lindelof Coming from do- dominating in Portugal to like being sort of thrown in the deep end at United. Yeah, but a bit. no offense to him, he did get he did, when he oh, when no, he, he plays, got, he, he looks it doesn't yeah. look like he can cope with a high ball. He played against Huddersfield, didn't he? And he was particularly bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, he the ran wings around him for most of the game. Played a little bit of right back, hasn't he? Yeah, he has as well. When when Valencia was out and Valencia and Young, I think Valencia's turned into a good fullback, but Young pl- playing on the left wing, fine because that's what he does. You know, he cuts inside and crosses, but playing him at left back. It's it's too functional. It's like even when Milner played left back for Liverpool, he was better at it than Young is. I That's because Milner's more defensive. Yeah. I think if you, I think having Young at left back, it's more like a left wing back. You have to play three at the back and have him as a sort of yeah more of there because he, he can do he can do a defensive job, but he can't do it for a whole ninety minutes. Yeah, but um, credit to Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, they deserve uh, they deserve that one. Very, now. They were they were very good, and not only that, but they needed it. So it's uh, it's quite big and impressive to see teams when they really need a result pulling out which brings us to the next game another great segue you should have hosted this one um yeah <laughs> we're, we're a team we are we're a, we're a double act um Huddersfield beat Bournemouth 4-1 who saw that coming I, d- I don't think even me I saw it to be fair <laughs> even, <me. laughs> even yeah. I saw it if I'm going to be honest with you I was expecting it to probably be the other way around this scoreline the way was there a, was there a single Huddersfield fan that felt confident going into this game? Um, just prob- just to clarify, Lee is a Huddersfield fan. Probably not as much, but we knew that we had to do something different than what we had been doing for the last what month and a half. What did they do differently? Well, was it just Mounier coming back? No, no, we just changed back to our normal what we know. We changed back to what we know. It was press as high as you can up that field, which you can do against a team like Bournemouth. Okay, I can understand why he played the defensive manager against Liverpool and United away um, 
because they're difficult games. But we just went back to being ourselves, and then we put Pritchard back in at number ten, where which is which we've been putting ints there for no reason. We've had Pritchard on the bench, and he just looked like he got the whole team up that extra what I'd even say thirty yards up the field, and we just in Bournemouth faces for the whole game. Do you think that Pritchard signing could make a real difference? Uh, yes, if he played, if he keeps playing the way that he played yesterday, then he I probably he probably he, he seemed like he had a good rapport with Nunez, who's been a bit, I'd say, a bit off the pace, off colour, yeah. because he's not had someone right up next to him, and Pritchard seemed to make that conscious effort to be only ten, five ten yards away from him at all times, and Nunez seemed to just it, have something with him. It feels like a pretty thankless, difficult job being the centre forward at Huddersfield before. Uh, Sunday in recent months because Huddersfield have been so passive in games and you know you'd look at a stat and see Huddersfield two shots or whatever and you feel that's a bit of a thankless job and it's probably quite easy to lose a bit of confidence for the likes of Mounier or Dupuytre yeah but I would even say um, Dupuytre is I know it might not be knock his confidence a little bit but he still runs around like giving everything Mm. he's still playing that lone striker role very well where with Munier he just seems to let the game pass him by even more and not even try and get involved so it's striking that balance between actually being that striker like if you saw Benteke just walk around for 90 minutes and not try and influence the game even though he's frustrated he'd get oh yeah we know we see that quite a lot yeah so with Dupuytre injured, that's massive to have Mounier back in form. Oh yeah, he only seems to have scored two goals in a game when he does score as well, because he's, he's scored six goals this season, even though it, uh, his second one yesterday got taken away from him, which don't did, know did why. why. Because there was a little nick on the way through, and it looked like the ball was probably hitting the post. No. So they they gave it to they gave a Steve Cook own goal for some reason. Harsh. But he only he only scores two goals in a game. Cause it's six goals he scored, and he scored them in three games. <laughs> he scored, he score? scored two against yeah. two against Palace in the first day of the season, two against Brighton, and then now two against Bournemouth. He likes he likes sort of the south yeah. south coast. If, south they, if, they contri- <laughs> if they contribute to victories, and yeah. it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Stanislas's goal was really good though. Oh, I, 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 even I was a bit like that's tidy. It was really good because it looked goal. like Bournemouth were going to lose the ball a few times in the move, but then the cross, the touch, and the tidy finish because it literally went right in the corner. It was that was really nice. It's just a shame for Bournemouth it didn't mean anything. Who um, who who do you reckon Southgate was watching? Yeah, because he was in the crowd. I was, um, I was thinking it was Wilson. Yeah, possibly because like he's given Abraham and Solanke uh, call ups, so yeah. Wilson perhaps. Steve Cook. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, not I mean, after Smalling, yesterday's performance. Smalling, <laughs> Smalling and Jones were particularly awful. Recently. Simon Francis, Simon Francois, maybe. Well, no, he was even worse than Stephen Cook. He Adam got Smith, sub, he Charlie got subbed Daniels. off. Give me a Charlie Daniels. <laughs> well, you know, Rose is not exactly in form, is he? Nor Shaw. Well, Daniels and Bertrand for the World Cup left back spots, maybe. Whoa. Lewis Cook, he's called up before. Jonathan Hogg. There was a lot. Of, like, like Jonathan Hogg had a really good game. There you go. He had an there excellent go. game Preach, yesterday. <laughs> Not Pritchard. No, Pritchard. No, 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 he's not. He's only been in Norwich, isn't he? So I wouldn't expect him. But and it no, won't be. It won't be Thomas. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that anyone from, you know, that we've kind of tongue in cheek just mentioned there will go, but it always happens in a World Cup squad or a Euro squad. Someone will go that is not in the picture at the moment. Someone will mm. probably burst their way through, and you never know. Maybe mm. it could be Wilson. Say like if. You know, because Rashford has actually hardly played recently. Yeah. He'll probably still go anyway, just because of his. He's got that prestige. But he, it was, a, it was a quite, it was a quite day for Wilson purely because yeah. just couldn't get the ball to him. Yeah, you know. Um, so a bit of a wasted visit, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. I guess we've got to talk about Man City beating, uh, beating Leicester five-one. Oh, we're not going to talk about Dangley Williams then. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. I mean, I even put it in the intro. Um, so yeah, Bournemouth. Uh, and Huddersfield the camera panned to to David Wagner on the touchline <laughs> and a substitute um, who we don't know who yeah, it is it I is mean Danny you, Williams. Okay, it's right. Danny Williams it's been confirmed on many of uh, Facebook site. it's Danny Williams <laughs> okay um, don't know why we'll leave that in <laughs> no leave, leave it in it's, right. it's, it's, you can tell who it is you can probably yeah. see his, short, Williams, his shorts yeah. okay. squad All number right. or whatever well I couldn't tell from the pictures but we'll believe that and uh, yeah he just 
decided to readjust himself at a very unfortunate time as the camera panned to the bench <laughs> and revealed all to, to the viewers, which was just brilliant timing. X races. Yeah. yeah. Just funny, wasn't it? Really? Uh, it, was, it was funny, yeah. It just don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah, supposed to do. I'm not so sure it, what he was doing. It looks doing. like he pulls it down before and then pulls him up and then pulls him down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he thought Maybe it's he a strange that. superstition or superstition. something. But he didn't come on, so it didn't make any sense either. You know, mm. if you want, maybe once he flashed before a substitute appearance and played really well. And yeah, but I think he was a bit angry because Philip Billing came on before him when Moy got subbed off. So maybe he was just Is a bit angry. He, does so he, he, just angry. Thought, he thought gets his knob out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a dirty protest. <laughs> um, City beat Leicester five-one. Aguero scored four good goals. De Bruyne was probably the star of the show though with a hat trick of assists. Uh, Foden chipped in with an assist it was just like a five yard pass it was a bit of a Tom Carroll to yeah, Gareth Bale was, yeah. <laughs> um, Vardy did score actually, did score a good goal which um, well, there uh, was know, a lot to do in that didn't well. mean anything four though. goals in four games I think it's his best run since he broke the record of that's, that's impressive Leicester, Leicester are now under the radar still very good I think They're, they are definitely the best of the rest Season, yeah, yeah I'd say so. They're better than Everton, and on the whole, they're probably better than Burnley as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, they've got their act together since Puel's come in. So yeah. You've got, you got to say he's done a really good Southampton job. Southampton probably well. regret sacking Puel massively now. Would you say that five-one mm. slightly flattered City or? Not really. Not really. They just the kept on breaking through them. Because but but I, I suppose well, it's the wrong wording. Leicester were in the game for a while. Yeah. They were in the game. Oh, well, it was. But, Michael's stakes I think I think he should be saving saving at least the, the last three of the City goals oh, and he passed me. it straight to Aguero yeah. for one of them yeah, yeah. that and one then, was bad and, and then, then he the got one, the one through him yeah was, one that, that he got really contact on one. and it just trickled yeah, through that was, that was literally just yeah. under his arm but he just has to close his arm against his former time. side as well but the, the last one that Aguero smacked, like slaps in off the bar there's a lot of dip on that there's a lot of power I don't think you can blame him too much for that you one can't, you can't but I think I think it's one of those where you you'd hope hope because it's gone straight over the top of him. He'd be yeah. able to leap he, higher than he did. Beaten he just by didn't. the pace yeah. and the swerve. Yeah, but, but it's still a great strike. Mm. Um, Adrian Silva's finally started playing for Leicester since we last did a podcast after spending a few months in limbo yeah, between the two. He's played, he's played a few. F- I've only seen him in a few mm. FA Cup games. So. He looks really, albeit against Peterborough in the FA Cup, he did look uh, really good. He looks technically. He looks yeah, technically good. He, looks he, just, he just needs to, I think, probably a little bit bulk up a little bit for the Premier League. But what about uh, what yeah. about Riyad Mahrez? Then? Yeah, there's a great picture of uh, him looking quite sad when uh, when City are celebrating a goal. In the, there's like a huddle of sky blue shirts in the background and Mahrez with his head down. Um, I, I'd, I think he'll probably, as he did last time, get his act together, play quite well and then probably get a move in the summer. Unless Leicester are just mm. determined to keep him as a punishment until his contract runs out. Well, Do you thing- blame him though? Yes, I, I, I'd say I blame him because he was quite happy at the end of the season they won the title to take the huge pay rise, a new contract. So I'm sorry, but if you're going to do that, then you can't just force your way out. If you wanted to leave or, you know, could have seen this coming, you shouldn't have accepted the massive co- uh, pay rise, a new contract. Yeah, true. Although, do, you, do you reckon Leicester forced him to get bit more money in their back pockets because there's no way that he's worth 95 million to me which is what they're asking for but you don't you know, is it you yeah don't they really? wanted, they, they, and City, City offered 60, 65 right, yeah. but offered I mean 65, you, say, you say force him it's his choice it's a bit like with uh, Van Dyke as well I had no sympathy with him because the year before he was desperate to go he signed a new deal for a massive pay rise what I'd say is if you think you might want to leave in the near future, don't take the massive pay rise. Yeah. What, do what Emery Chan's done. Just yeah, do what Emery Chan's done, or what Sanchez did, or because we're in. You know, that's how you get out. And Mares, I just, you know, you can say, well, you know, it would have been a great opportunity for him, blah blah blah. But you know, what what do you want? What do you want them to do? Obviously, player power rules at the moment, but I I, I don't feel particularly like Leicester have done anything wrong here. No, I mean it's it's a bit of a protest against the growing player power, I think, mm. um, because Leicester aren't going to get into the Champions League. They could maybe get into the Europa League, but um, you know, like but Leicester aren't going to achieve what they did, but they still want to keep hold of their best players. But then at the same time, sixty million, pretty good uh, price. And sorry to, to use the Van Dyke example again, but in the summer, Van Dyke, the 
fee quote was about fifty, and they ended up getting more seventy five. They ended up they ended up yeah. getting what they wanted. So Leicester have possibly looked at that and thought, well, it's sixty now. Maybe in the summer it'll be eighty. Yeah, although January transfers are always inflated more than summer transfers because of the like desperation. Perhaps so, I mean City, City might. Yeah. City might go after someone else in the summer. So Yeah, exactly. That will be World why Mars is so gutted. Yeah. yeah, but Algeria uh, haven't qualified. I mean, City's yeah. bench looks a bit bare now, probably but once they get all their players fit again, Mares yeah, would probably find his minutes pretty restricted anyway, because it's only since they've had injuries to the likes of Jesus and Sane that Bernardo Silva's been getting much of a go. And so Bernardo Silva is a very similar player to Riyad Mahrez as well. And also very, very good. Yeah. I think slightly better than Mahrez for me personally, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. And he's he's mm. is he younger as well? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Mahrez is probably about twenty six, twenty seven. Bernardo is like mm. twenty three, twenty two. Yeah. So So yeah, I mean it probably wouldn't have been the best move for Mahrez anyway. Yeah, I mean you'd think there won't be a shortage of takers, surely. Well I mean then again, if you look at the top six now. Who's going to have him? Well, I think some of them might regret not having him when they could have, because I'm sure the fee was quoted at about forty. Yeah. Eight, eight, I don't know, eighteen months ago. Spurs two won't years ago. sign him now because they've got enough players. This may sound weird, but I think it could be a Liverpool job. They've it got, could be. But yeah, but he, if he was going to go to Liverpool, he'd either have to play as a number ten and they change formation, or he plays in a midfield three, which isn't his thing, because they've got Salah on the right wing. And he's been, and he scored like twenty-two league goals. That's the thing. He would kind of suit Liverpool, but just they've got someone more prolific in that position. But, but again, if if he was going to go sit up, man, go to Man City and sit on a bench with a big pay yeah. rise, he'd probably get the same with Liverpool. I'm surprised that Arsenal haven't really gone for that because it just seems to make sense. But yeah, I mean they've got well, they lack a bit of width in their side, don't they? They've Arsenal, given so. Özil a new contract, and but if they had Mares on the right, Mkhitaryan on the left, and Özil in the middle. That'd be again. No, none of them are proper proper wingers because yeah. Mares is, but he's also like he looks like a number ten playing out wide. Um, but he's really good at cutting. So I don't know. Arsenal could. It, I think he could be like they could be the only suitor for him come the summer from the top six. Yeah, well, you know, Arsenal when they come sixth, will um, they'll be looking at the players that the rest of the top six don't want. So like Everton used to sign, like. The best of the rest players like Sigurdsson. Yeah, so the, again, the the best of the rest top players. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe Aubameyang is a is an exception to that. Again, I'm being tongue in, tongue in cheek, but because yeah, the why, players why would why would Mahrez want to go to Arsenal? Like it's just a sinking <laughs> ship, isn't it? Surely Leicester probably could be could be on the same same part well, as Leicester next uh, season. Did, the way it's going. Why did Aubameyang want to go to Arsenal? Why did Mkhitaryan? There must be a probably reason. a hefty pay rise. Yeah. yeah, to be honest. So. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. In other results, Everton beat Palace three-one. They were good. Palace were pretty shit and have a lot of injuries. Benteke missed a couple of golden opportunities in those in that game, though. To yeah. be fair, so it was uh, there was a nice, a nice bit of narrative in this game with a uh, Hodgson and Big Sam after Big Sam called him Woy and said yeah. he lacked personality. I'm, I'm coming from, if I say what, if I, if coming I say from Big I, Sam. If I say what I want to say, then it won't. We'll have to use the beeper a lot. So. Ruben looked disgusted there and was shaking his head. He's um, Long live yeah. Roy's boys. Although, he needs to start making tactical substitutions because we've got 10 injuries. Now, you can't blame injuries on a manager, but he leaves players on when they need to be taken off and we look knackered. Uh, and it's very disappointing. So, like, Sacco came back from injury and then got injured again and had to. we had to play Fossi Mentor at centre-back against Everton. We've, we're playing Sawloth on the, on the left who... Looks all right, to be fair. He does look like like a striker playing out wide, but he did he did a decent job. I just I I fear now that we're gonna slide while other teams around us are picking up momentum. It was a very bad weekend for Palace. Yeah, in terms of other results, Newcastle, Huddersfield. But then oh, I I just I feel a bit of sympathy with Palace and Roy Hodgson because hands are tied a bit. I mean, you look at the the options in terms of sort of attacking midfield players at the moment and it's just it's like you know Bakary Sacco finds form breaks his ankle Wilfred Zaha gets injured Loftus-Cheek's got an injury that we doesn't seem to be recovering the way we expected like he didn't go back we didn't they didn't like treat it with an operation or anything because they assumed it would recover and it just didn't so then but we didn't give him back to Chelsea either so now we've got a lone player that we can't use frustrating yeah rubbish I reckon we're going to go down 
but um, that's just a bit bleak. So Swansea beat Burnley. That's another bad result for us. Swansea climbing out. Yeah. yeah, they're really good at the moment. Good result for them. They're grinding it out. Yeah, that was that was a tight technical game. Apparently, it was a dreadful match. Yeah. It was awful. It was the only thing that really happened in that game was a goal. Even Burnley didn't even look like they were going to score. Could have played for another 90 minutes and they didn't, they weren't going to score. Burnley have had quite a poor run recently. They've fallen off a bit. It seems like they've slipped a lot. I think it's over nine, ten games without performing that differently. Yeah. It's just the result. One in ten. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That. But it seems like they've done that without really. It's like the results that were just about going their way. Are now no longer going well, their they, way. They still managed to get a draw against City. Yeah, they, they drew against us twice this season in really bleak games. Yeah. They look like they were, they go for a one 0 win. Burnley can get down and dirty, you oh, know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh yeah. Of course they can. With uh, <laughs> you know, with yeah, they drew with City by taking them down to their level. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's not. I love Burnley. Yeah. I love Burnley. They were really unlucky against Liverpool. Uh, did they get a draw off United? As well mm. in this run, or a narrow defeat. I think they got. I think they lost quite to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but they'll be fine. What were they on? Thirty-six points, something like 34. that. Thirty-four. They're only three points off Bournemouth. Is it only thirty-four? Yeah, well, they're, they're still fine. Though. Yeah. But yeah, a bit of an unlucky one against United. If they carry on the form that they're doing at the minute, they could be right down at the bottom of the season if they're not picking up enough points because it still looks like it's be about it's thirty-eight. I think realistically, the they only need two more wins. Yeah. Though it's a bit yeah. like um, West Brom under Pulis when they got to forty and their form when they were like seventh, and then their form just took a nosedive because they were safe. You can't imagine Deitch standing for that. However, it's probably in in the psychology. Yeah, it's just of a subconscious thing, isn't it? Although Lennon and uh, and Kudu look like signings that could become game changes. I think yeah, Nkudu's hardly played. Yeah, which he, is, he got a sub appearance yesterday, didn't he? It's worrying for yeah. him. I mean, if he's yeah, Lennon. To be fair, was he? Would, would would he get into a Tottenham side now? Probably not. He probably never will. Oh, he's nowhere near it. Really. No. He's he's. I've always thought he's looked incredibly. Do poor. you reckon he'll go back to he'll go back to France next next year? Yeah, probably or, from or Italy or side, whoever yeah. it will take him. Do you reckon he'll do a job in the Championship for us? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, maybe when Wilf leaves, we can. Have, God, that's going to be. A we'll sad take him day. off your heads. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stoke and Brighton share the points in one all draw. Best thing from this game was uh, Charlie Adams' oh, penalty. I was pissing myself when I saw that one. <laughs> Match of the day, I was laughing. What's he doing? He took it off. He took it off Jesse Rodriguez as well, didn't he? Or Hesse, Jesse. Hesse. Jesse. Hesse. Hesse. Yeah. Rodriguez. Why? Do, why was... doesn't he just tap in the rebound with his right foot? Is it because he's just so slow that he couldn't get the yeah. ball? Yeah, he did. He does get fouled though when he's trying to trying to knock it in, even though he misses the ball. But I there is a foul. In, I agree. There's with a foul honest, in that. But... Either way, Stoke... Still would have missed the other penalty as well, so it's fine. Both relegation battlers, as half the league are. Stoke kind of... Stoke are in trouble. They're in, that's yeah. them in the relegation zone. Well, and if Stoke go Paul down... Paul Lambert said they played quite well as well on Saturday. And well, they, they should have won. One. Yeah. They yeah. should have won. If Stoke go down, there's going to be quite a few decent players up for grabs for like newly promoted sides and anyone who survived, I think. Because mm. Stoke have talent in their squad. They're just I think, not I think most of their players will go abroad, though. Yeah, with possibly. Martin Indies, yeah. Zuma. Yeah. Zuma will probably go back to Chelsea when the, he. The Shakiri will go back back over oh, overseas. Shakiri is a class player. He'd be yeah. a good signing for any for virtually any Premier League team. Yeah, mm. to be near fair. enough. Um, I feel I feel for the Wimdock. Then yeah. they're not they're not fans of the Wimdock. It's a shame. I thought he was decent when he played against us, but. He's, oh. he's not a bad footballer. He's a, he's, he ain't got that much pace about him though, has he? I think that's the Wimdock is Kevin Vimmer, by the way. Yeah. <sighs> um, West Ham beat Watford 2-0. Arnautovic oh, is amazing. on fire. My dad texted me saying, player of the weekend, not Aguero or Kane. It's Marco Arnautovic. He's, honestly, he's been brilliant. Like so many of, the, when I was watching the highlights, I saw him make so many dribbles where he just weaved in and out of so many players. Well, he oh, looks he like brilliant. he's taken West Ham to another level since. Mm. He um, can be mesmeric. Yeah, like it's yeah. incredible. West Ham tweeted a gif of him doing like the iron symbol and like patting the badge. Like, they like, love him. Yeah, there, but though. I think he loves the club. Yeah, and that's why he's playing he's, so well. It's Stoke. I don't think he was ever. He's a cult hero. It's very, it's very difficult to become enamoured with Stoke City. Yeah, I think West Ham like them or hate them. You know, their owners well, are questionable, be, but they've got at least they've got some sort of. He wants to live in North Staffordshire. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> their fans have soul. I mean, yeah. they understand the mm. kind of passion of supporting a football club fanatically. 
Um, Shout out David Moiso for getting it out of him. Yeah, well, well done, Dave. I, I, I called it on my uh, Voice of London article. You did, you did. <laughs> I, I was a believer in Dave. I mean, you sat on the fence a bit. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, but, but you've, you've got you, to. You have to, yeah. Then um, you can claim you're right either way. Liverpool beat Southampton. <laughs> That's um, the bog standard Liverpool 2 0 win. Though. Yeah, I, I was thinking if Klein wasn't injured, Liverpool would have had about like eight former Southampton players in their squad. Yeah, I mean, Van Dyke was getting booed, and you just thought, God, there's loads of them that yeah. could be getting booed. <laughs> he loved it, though. It, it looked like yeah. it. Oh, he, he, he was enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. But there was one run he made down the left he like bombed forward and he tried to cut inside and he was going to unleash his shot and I wish he hadn't been tackled because mm. it would have been quite funny but I do fun. worry for Southampton as well though they look they look like they're struggling for any sort of momentum yeah. and any sort of attacking threat I look at their team selections and I think you don't need Romeo, Hoipier and Lamina Lamina's really good but yeah. you don't need all three of them you, Tadic and Walprouse have sort of wasted out wide it's sort of like a conservative let's be very compact and Let's play not a lot lose. of central. Well, yeah. what, what they what this eleven though, I think is pretty much the same one they played against Spurs. Other than the the forward that they signed from Monaco, Carillo. Um yeah, him. Uh, he doesn't look I great. I don't. I don't know. He doesn't look great. Him. He. Uh, that's pretty much the side they played a few weeks ago against Tottenham, and it worked. So yeah, you can understand why they went for yeah. it again. But you know, as soon as they, I mean, Hurt makes the mistake for the first goal, which is just. Criminal. Although he did, he didn't um, get isolated one on one quite a lot and defend quite well for most of the game. But that, but, but yeah. that individual error yeah. has cost them. Well, he cause... made two individual errors really in big ones in the game and yeah. costs cost Southampton for me. You know, that, that Salah's goal um, was particularly nice with the back heel assist from Firmino. Those well, two have such good relationships. When they're in in sync together, yeah. you know they're difficult Mane teams to Mane stop. was like the key one last season that scored loads of goals and now he's like he's the supporting act yeah well because Salah's just come in and just taken the league by storm hasn't he King no, one, no, no one could expect Salah to do what he's doing especially no. after his Chelsea he's got a genuine forwards. shot at the golden boot from the wing which would be amazing I think the last player to have done that must have been Ronaldo yeah yeah mind you I think it's he's, he plays more of a forward role I think Salah because he's yeah he, three, he's three often strikers, running inside yeah. yeah but technically he does start from the wing um, should we do the EFL yeah we'll do a little bit of EFL this yeah, week a sprinkle of a sprinkle. EFL um, yeah, I mean, there was some interesting ties so I'll let you take it away yeah there was the second city derby uh yeah, on yesterday, I, you, I know you won't have uh, seen this. I know I was watching the Huddersfield Bournemouth. You're watching so. Huddersfield masterclass, but uh, Villa won two nil, um, as they should really. I mean, you know, you look at the difference in squads and te- and the players they've got. It's the result they should have. Villa should be getting promoted from this league. Oh yeah, she got promoted last season, but just had a really awful season. So I'm not I, surprised I, I looked, they're doing it this year. I look at the lineups and I think there are quite a few like. Premier League quality players in the Villa team or players that could be you know like Snodgrass has played well in the Prem before and they and they Hurahan never's got his chance but he's he'll be a good his goal was brilliant he's superb I mean I know I've gone on about him from before from when um, when he was at Argyle but you can see special special player and yeah he's made his Ireland debut now and he will play in the Premier League probably for Villa and he scored a brilliant goal to cap off that 2-0 win but yeah just last thing on Villa I think they really need to go up with financial fair play about to get them, they need that TV They've money again. A lot. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. You can see their owner Tony Zia has been desperate to get them straight back up. So I mean, you know, God knows what they're paying John Terry. Yeah, uh, and, who, and Chris Chris Sambo, isn't it as well yeah, when he came in? Yeah, exactly. Must be, must be a hundred. Whereas with Birmingham, they're playing they're paying a few players crazy money, but in a kind of weird. I mean, they've got an owner with a bit of money now. Not we don't really know a lot about him, but then on deadline day they. Sanction Ari to give Hotter fifty grand a week, and then they sign three blokes from Brentford. <laughs> just it, it bizarre. Hotter but... came off the bench. I was watching this with a Birmingham City fan, and he just said he's been all right. You know, nothing special. But at Brentford, he looked like one of the best players in the championship. Was superb. I mean, uh, yeah, it could but... just be the instability surrounding Birmingham because it's not a stable football club. He, he's had injuries as well. To be fair, Birmingham actually have picked up a bit recently there was a little bit of optimism going into this but yeah it's a poor performance speaking of Brentford they got a one-all draw against Preston they've lost Lasso Viba to China so that's oh their God, bloody China eh? yeah, uh, he's gone for his payday then isn't he yeah otherwise um, yeah some strange it's like the China Chinese leagues 
it's a bit of a detour, but yeah, it's strange some of the players they go for because you hear about when they go for you know Oscar and they had yeah. Paulinho and Brazilian rejects right. is like China one on one. But they had they I remember uh, in the summer they made a six million bid for Kevin Van Veen from Scunthorpe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was laughing at that. that was and, and on weird. deadline day they made an eight million pound bid allegedly for Rangers claim for Alfredo Morelos from Rangers. You just think, Christ, how have Rangers not taken that? Yeah. I mean, for him. But yeah, it's a bit of a detour. Some Chinese club after Igalo as well, weren't they? Although he actually scored in the Premier League, so it made a bit more sense, but still straight. Yeah. And I like how we say they as if there's one club yeah. in China. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the difference just isn't really yeah. important. Uh, yeah, and then uh, televised game. This was on at the same time as the North London derby. Sheffield United beat Leeds 2-1. That was Paul Heckingbottom's first game in charge. And a really strange move because Heckingbottom extended his Barnsley contract and then days later the brand new uh, release clause got paid by Leeds. And don't, think Bar- don't think Barnsley will mind too much. Yeah, I mean they're, they're so used to it these days. Yeah, they so they've you know they've got a they've got a bit of money for him and Heckingbottom's gone. But I think it seems strange on Heckingbottom's part as well because Leeds are so, I mean you're talking about instability at clubs. Leeds, I, to be honest, I felt a bit sorry for Thomas Christensen because they've gone on bad runs this season. But I think in terms of budget, they're pretty much where they should be in the yeah, championship. It's just just the Leeds Leeds fans and owners think they should be a Premier League club just they, because of the size. Of you know, the they club get they, they get they still get huge gates, but they spent four and a half million earlier this season on Adam Forshaw, and that's the biggest fee they've paid in fifteen but years. Just Leeds fans being that's delusional. incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I don't so, like Leeds, so they're just being delusional in my mind. In this game, Billy Sharp scored a superb goal, and it was quite an important uh, result for Sheffield United. Chris uh, Wilder, after the game, was saying how he doesn't feel Sheffield United have played that differently in the last 15 games to in the first 15 games, but results have obviously tailed off massively. Uh, we were talking just before we went on air, how uh, Lee and I, how second place in the Championship has been almost a poison chalice this season, because... The teams, our Wolves have been top for the whole thing, but then the teams that have occupied second have all fallen off at some point. So, you know, we've had, it was Cardiff, it was Sheffield United, it was Bristol City for a bit, I think. Uh, it was Derby until the weekend, and now it's Villa. So it's quite, I mean, obviously Wolves have had the title wrapped up for weeks, but it's quite an interesting battle for second. Speaking of Wolves, they sort of stuttered to a 2-1 win against QPR. They were 2-0 up. Uh, after about half an hour, and it looked, oh, this is comfortable QPR, you know, pretty basic side. Gonna, they'll come about 16th. But then they brought on big Matt Smith at half-time. He's one of those players in the championship. Just, just rips it up. Every you know, day. just chuck Matt Smith on and get, you know, the long throw. And, and Connor Washington scored a good, good goal to make it 2-1. And then Wolves actually had to clear one off the line in stoppage time. So just stuttering slightly but they're so far clear. they're like 12 points clear aren't they at the top yeah, yeah. It, does, yeah. It, it, it doesn't look like anyone's going to no. catch them I, I had an eye on that game because um, there was a super boost sky bet oh wow yeah and oh. it included this game as well as Derby to beat Norwich is that a segue Wow, thank you very much Ooh. returning the favour uh, <laughs> yeah this was this was a bit of a strange one there are a couple of weird decisions you know to link it to the Premier League with the John Moss, Eddie Smart stuff from the Liverpool Spurs game last week. Uh, there was shades of this in this game. So Derby went a goal up, as you'd expect in this fixture. And then um, Norwich got a penalty. It was bizarre. It was James Madison sort of flicked the ball past the keeper, realised he'd hit it too hard and just jumped. He, he threw himself. He put his legs together and then as close to Carson's legs as possible and then just took a dive it was one of the worst dives you'll see all season poorly executed and the ref doesn't give it and then the linesman does but then then Scott Carson saves it thankfully yeah you'd also think the linesman had a better view of that than than the referee so baffling it was bizarre but then uh, eventually uh, Norwich got another penalty but then this one was strange as well because moments after the foul they score but the ref's already blown his whistle for a penalty so he made yeah Bit Referee of a, made an arse of that, but made a bit of a rick there. But then justice was done, and they scored. And then a little segue into the game. I was at Friday night with refereeing decisions blowing too early. Well, I mean, talking of um, you know blowing up Neil Warnock's yeah. head, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> after that game, though, you could see steam coming out of it. He was so angry. Yeah, he's probably probably worse than all his dressing room rants uh, <laughs> to, to his players when they were yeah. playing awful. What happened but, in this game? Um, it was it was a bog standard. Millwall Cardiff. 
yeah. Well, bearing in mind before I went to the game, my mate who was a Cardiff fan said the last four times that these two teams played each other, they finished nil-nil and they were awful games. It's not the most glamorous championship fixture. Th- this wasn't the best game, but there was a decent goal. Cardiff's first goal. Um, can't remember who scored Junior it. Hoylet. Yeah, Junior Hoylet. That was a very good goal. Sat right behind that as well. Decent finish. Millwall just got themselves back into it. The Millwall way, pretty much... Four four two. Yeah, Steve Morrison St- hit the ball like up a top. Chicken. And yeah, but both teams didn't play particularly well. Cardiff didn't look like a side that should be anywhere near the playoffs. If I'm going to be honest with you, but the Bamba finish for the goal that was that wasn't was pretty decent as well. It was really it? harsh. Bicycle it was like kick. a bicycle kick Why in the box uh, for a foul on the Cardiff player, and the refs blown pretty much instantly. Not waited. Yeah, it literally was what must have been about five seconds if you'd. Waited that yeah, little, yeah, that beat the balls in the back of the net. You could understand Neil Warnock feeling aggrieved. I just want to point out before I go to the biggest shock or game thing that happened in the championship. There was also talking of crap championship fixtures. This weekend saw Ipswich versus Burton. It finished nil nil. Thrilling. And that's all I'll say on it. Um, but then Bristol. Bristol. So Bristol City race into a three nil lead uh, before half time. The Sunderland official Twitter accounts tweeted that fans are leaving and you can't blame them. Got deleted, but we saw it. And then, um, and then the second half, it's mental. I think I felt uh, Lee Johnson was actually quite good in this press conference after he, he said um, how he took some of the blame and that they took their foot off the gas. Some of the substitutions he made was almost assuming the game was won. And then, yeah. <sighs> Sunderland just creep back into the game. Two Lee Catamola assists I'll throw out there. Talented footballer. That's what he does. The yeah. first one was a steaming run into the box. Bullet header hit the bar and then went in off a Bristol City player. But um, yeah, and then a stoppage time equaliser. So, um, hey. Can you call that an assist? Yeah. <laughs> That's an assist. What, if you shoot and it hits the woodwork and then it and goes comes in, back out, is that an assist? It's, it's a, well, of it's course a, it's an assist. I guess it's an assist for an own goal, but okay. It's an assist. Do you not play fantasy football? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, and then uh, in stoppage time, they got the equaliser. Great scenes. And um, I think they need to, this needs to spur something because yeah. they've kind of threatened a couple of times under um, Coleman to recover, but it just doesn't happen. So they need to actually build from this I understand the fans wanting to leave at half time if they're, if they're 3-0 down but I bet they feel silly oh yeah I bet they feel silly it's a long way to go to leave at half time absolutely but they're yeah probably they're, going around shopping well, in Bristol Town Centre they missed a decent limbs opportunity there yeah, they? and they've all left and they don't get many of them at Sunderland speaking of Sunderland managers going down into League One quickly um, Simon Grayson's got the job at Bradford uh, he's replaced uh, Stuart McCall, so he must regret leaving Preston now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my God, the Sunderland to... job is just cursed. Like it's just a badly run club. Although that's now the third West Yorkshire side he's managed out of. In yeah. his time, he's managed Leeds, yeah. Huddersfield, and now Bradford. He and quite he likes had... area. Right, right, brilliant <laughs> he Bradford. Yeah, he, he has a he has a good record in League One as well, and they're actually not in a terrible position. They'd been on a bad run. But they're still six in League One, and he's got a track record of taking teams up. So I think it's a good appointment. They drew two all on Saturday at home to Bury, who have just started to recover a little bit. They're a team that didn't score a goal for two months. So you'd oh, I can I can empathise with that. <laughs> it's not a lot of fun. And uh, but their fans would have had fun because having gone two one down at Valley Parade in the 89th minute, they equalised in the 95th. Oh, Ta- talking of good Wonderful. scenes, um, Wigan lost. This is I mean it, it's an upset of sorts, but South End of had a bit of a recovery since they hired Chris Powell. That's now three wins out of three under Chris Powell, who uh, obviously ex Huddersfield manager Lee, but yeah, decent manager at that level. Oh yeah, in, no, in, he'll get he'll get them up. Did, he, did well. he do well at Huddersfield? No, he no. had a twenty three percent win percentage at Huddersfield. Oh, okay. He was am quite right, a boring manager. Am I right in thinking he did all right at Charlton though? Yeah, he won. Oh, he he won, the, he won League One with Charlton. And he was unfairly sacked at Charlton as well by the Duchatelet yeah, regime. Seems like a good coach at that level. But yeah, he. Um, yeah, they, they won 3-1, which is obviously a brilliant result. They lost their best player as well, Ryan Leonard, in January. So, yeah, it's tremendous. I see how Wigan recover. And now Shrewsbury could have gone back to the top. However, they got slayed by the Argyle. So, um, 
Argyle, who, by the way, are going up. They yeah, just are. Etienne's been saying this for about the past two days. Plymouth Argyle apparently going up. Even though they're still nowhere near the playoffs that's just yet. They've five got an points. outside chance. Five, five They've points. got an outside chance. Five the points. Bradford sinking like a stone. All the momentum. You know, the only team that's beaten them in the last two months is um, Wigan. If, and If Palace go down and Argyle go up, then there's a 3pm weekend trip down to the south coast. I might, I might even join you for I'd that. I'd love it. That'd, yeah. be, <laughs> that'd be a day out. Legendary. It's, it's happening. It's just, you know, I'm not I'm not getting excited about it. I'm not. I'm I just, mean, I hope we stay up, but that would be a small concept. I'm just merely stating a fact that Argyle are going up. So, uh, I mean, if you can win away at Shrewsbury in that league, that's, you know, there's not many more difficult games than that. And having gone a goal down and then missed a penalty through Graham Carey. But, yeah, it's just, I think the stars are aligning for Argyle. Zach Viner that scored the winner on loan from Bristol City. Um, so yeah, that's just you know just public announcement. Argyle are going up. Um, that that that'll do for League One. Um, League Two. Then uh, just want to talk. Coventry made their tickets really cheap and got a crowd of twenty seven thousand at the Rico. What's the capacity though? Oh, it's loads because there were still loads of empty yeah, seats. Yeah, it's just mad. What well, must be a bit, what forty? Forty? It's it's crazy yeah, big stadium. But uh, a lot of them probably won't be coming back because they lost 2-0 at home to Accrington, who are now second. And the season before last under John Coleman, Accrington came within the width of a crossbar in stoppage time from going up and then lost in the playoffs. This could be their year. They've never, they survive on gates of 1,500 in League Two. They've never been in the third tier. And they're now second in um, League Two with Luton kind of running away with it. That's a nice story. But yeah... I hope they go up because it'd be brilliant. And John Coleman was there between, I think, 98 and 2012 and then came back a couple of years later. So, you know, it's a proper... A legend. Yeah. It's just a proper proper League Two club. And then right down the bottom, uh, talking of proper League Two clubs, Barnet, who <laughs> haven't... They've had a disastrous season. I think going into Saturday, they'd only won five games and a lot of them were quite a while ago. And they hired Graham Wesley, which, I mean, lol, but... Uh, <laughs> just an average manager like he generally running most places he goes to nothing really happens he's a bit of a nutter he he, he took yeah. Stevenage through the non-league into the football league and then uh, he was at Peterborough somehow he somehow got the Peterborough job and was awful uh, his teams tend to play really awful football and then he got the Newport job last year and it was until they sacked him that they looked dead and buried and then Michael Flynn who's obviously got a lot of press recently from the Spurs tie is the one that saved them from Wesley's mess. I mean, I've just slagged him off, but I shouldn't because his team actually won on Saturday. It was uh, they were drawing nil-nil, and then the ninety-third minute, they uh, goal kick out of the hands bounced, fell to Alex Nichols, volleyed it in, one-nil win. Alex, who, not, Alex Nichols is a stalwart, isn't he? Of yeah. lower league football, who needs absolutely a great. Just Mixer. Well, Great in, scenes. In League Two, the midfield doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly, literally, you just put two, any two bodies in there. I mean, they're doing more heading than kicking. That might be a bit patronising, but you know what I mean. That's well, extremely patronising, given that you'll be back in the Football League next year. Again, our midfield won't be doing any kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, get the neck back. That was the Football League Roundup. Cheers, that was good. Um, should we take a trip around Europe quickly? I'm um, due a holiday. Yeah. I, I like to go back down to Napoli. It's fine. It's fine. I spend most of my holidays. It's <laughs> Brilliant. And you talk about that lovely goal. We start off in Barcelona, who drew nil nil, which was quite uh, a surprise. But with whom? Getafe. Oh. With Kier- Getafe out the Kieran's bad side, to be team. fair. Colonel, the Colonel. Getafe. The Colonel's team. Yeah, they're not very good, but um, they held Barcelona. Coutinho play? I think. He- yeah, I think he came on. I'm not sure he started. A one hundred and forty million pound substitute. Yeah. He, he's, oh, the luxuries! He, he, scored, he, he scored against Valencia in the uh, in the Copa del Rey, but um, they've been playing. They still haven't changed back to four three three, so they've been playing like Iniesta on the left. And that four four two is ugly. It is ugly because you end up with like Andre Gomez or Paulinho on the right, and it's just it's just horrible. It's, just, it's just horrible. Yeah. What, what the Barcelona feel the need to play four four two? They're just they're trying to just take the mick out of the Spanish yeah. league now or yeah, something. We could play League Two football and still beat all of you. Yeah, Cruyff would not approve, but it was when Dembele got injured and they didn't really have any wingers apart from Delafeu, so they tried to shift it. But now they could play Coutinho on the left and Messi on the right. But well, um, 
but they're still unbeaten. They're still top. They're going to win the league. It's now a two-horse race. It's Atletico about nine points behind them. They uh, beat Malaga 1-0. Ronaldo's found his shooting boots and scored a hat-trick. It was a perfect hat-trick, technically, but it wasn't the most difficult hat-trick. Um, they, Who was that against? Real Madrid beat Real Sociedad 5-2. Oh, so decent, decent team as well. So yeah, Real Sociedad. Are, and them and Athletic Bilbao, both decent teams when you watch them, but they're like... Quite in, they're quite low in the table. Isn't Sociedad's manager a bit of a dead man walking? Yeah, probably. Well, they haven't. It's a bit like another Moisey. Well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, Sociedad's thing used to be that they always beat Barcelona at home. Barcelona hadn't won there in about ten years, and this season they broke that curse. Mm. So, yeah, he might be off. Valencia won against Levante after not winning in about six games, I think. They so lost um, six defeats in a row. Yeah, wow. it was really poor. Um, and you weren't optimistic before this game either, looking at your Twitter no, feed with the lineups when well, they came I mean, out. I like against Barcelona, Cockland was playing on the right. I mean, I know they were just defending like really deep. But that pass he did with the outside oh, of his it foot. It was beautiful. I mean, it's the Marcelino effect. He, he's turned him, Francis Cockland, and Simone Zaza into competent footballers, which is just incredible. And Gabriel Paulista. <laughs> good Lord. Um, yeah. He, he better get a Premier League job then. <laughs> He'd be good. Um, no real shocks in Italy, but Napoli beat Lazio 4 1 and they scored one time, absolutely yeah. beautiful goal finished off by Mertens um, go and find it on Twitter um, they are now one point ahead of Juve it's like every week it seems like Juve you expect Juventus to win you also expect Napoli to win but there's just this net like pessimism that makes you think Napoli will slip up eventually um, but we're all rooting for Napoli to win the league I assume. Yeah, we're just hoping that Juventus don't do what we all expect them to do and Napoli don't do what yeah. we all expect them to do because just, it'll just be Juventus know-how that'll get them over the line wouldn't yeah. it? Napoli do deserve this though. Sarri's got them playing unbelievably good football they score a lot of goals they're solid mm. they've like he took a very uh, he didn't he hasn't really added that much in well, terms no, he's of just players he's just got to, playing proper yeah and proper. he's just got them playing incredible football moved Hamshik into like a central midfield like Iniesta mm. sort of eight and a half role to use like a Brendanism or whatever but um, <laughs> elsewhere in Italy AC Milan are no longer terrible Wow. Uh, really? Yeah. What? <laughs> Gennaro, News to me. <laughs> Gennaro Gattuso has um, done Who? a lot. Gennaro Gattuso. <laughs> Gattuso, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, him? Yeah, yeah it's he's, Gattuso. He's just done better than everyone thought. I mean, we laughed at the appointment. We assumed... I mean, he's well, a bit he's, of a well, shouting merchant. He's, he's just, a bit like... I'd say he's a bit like a Vinnie Jones of the Italian league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just wants like, to kill more, everyone. A bit, more, a bit more talented, probably. But even he's admitted that he was, like, yeah. not that good and he used to just give the ball to Pirlo. But um, as a manager, he's very similar he started to as, off as badly. he is as a player. Yeah, but, but he started off really badly. Even yeah, AC yeah. Milan fans wanted his I think they, after about five games. I mean, they drew to Benevento in one yeah. of his first games. Um, but they're playing 4-3-3. They're playing players in their right positions. Um, they... Stuck four past Spal at the weekend. Whoa! Oh, yeah. On a big side. Even, even Barini scored. No yeah. way. Spal. Whoa. Oh. Crumbs. Yeah, I think this is Spal's first season in the top flight, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much the equivalent of Huddersfield. Yeah, basically. Whenever, um, we, try kit a, as well. whenever we try and mock Serie A, we always just say Spal. Yeah, well, it's just a funny name for a team, isn't it? It's well, an acronym. Change, All change the L yeah. for the M. <laughs> You've probably got what, this, what, yeah. what their budget is to the spam. Um, we'll go over to France. Uh, PSG one one nil. Neymar scored. No surprise there. Boring. Um, but in absolutely ridiculous news, Balotelli playing for Nice in their defeat to Dijon complained to the referee about racist abuse he was receiving from the Dijon fans after he missed a shot, and the referee booked him for it. So sorry, state of affairs over there. Yeah. It's always he just gets. I mean, a lot of players get racist abuse in like France and Italy and Spain, but it's all he gets a lot of it. And he's never taken seriously because he's like, because he's Balotelli and he's got this reputation of being, you know, a troublemaker. For having the audacity yeah, but, yeah. to complain about Yeah, but at least he's actually ridiculous. been doing all right. So I think yeah. it's just, no, he's been I doing quite well at Nice. It's just awful, isn't it, really, in yeah. this day and age that players still are subject to that. Subject it's to ridiculous. It. Like, you could probably accept it in Eastern European countries because they still haven't quite changed their attitude. There yet. are but a couple in Italy, of You expect France, it in certain places. There are a couple of yeah. teams in, in France, France you wouldn't. that have particular problems Bastia I think yeah, yeah Bastia are the ones but I'm um, clearly Dijon as well 
Sad state of affairs. Um, Champions League football this week. Woohoo! <laughs> My midweeks are back. Juve <laughs> uh, play Spurs. How confident are you? You toots, We're gonna go and we're gonna get a result. Hopefully. <laughs> did I? Did I sound really? You wanted to say something else. There. To be fair, the best result for you in that one is is getting a nil nil or a one one. Yeah, I see it being it's quite. Probably a low, the best you can hope for. In I that. see it being quite a low scoring game. Mm. Uh, yeah, but, me too. Because both defenses are quite solid. Yeah, just just gotta. I mean, whatever happens, just leave it open for the second leg. Stay in it. Yeah, losing by I the odd so. goal wouldn't be the biggest disaster because Spurs Wembley Fortress. Yeah, you yeah know? well, I'm ho- I'm hoping that Spurs is still in that tie because we play you the week weekend before the Uve game, and we're hoping that you rest a few players for that so we get an un, an, uh, probably an unexpected three points in that game the thing is they've got <laughs> no injuries now apart from, I mean Alderweireld's not quite ready yet but mm. even if they do rest players well, I, st- I still think one Voith if he even got a game in the Premier League would still probably out, yeah. out defend all of our strikers w- Winks and Llorente didn't even get on the bench on Saturday that's that's. I mean it's incredible having having had 18 months of injury hell Having everyone fit, it's like, oh. You, you've, you've, you've even said, both of you, that the Tottenham team, once they get all, all their players fit, is actually quite an exciting prospect. Yeah, every, yeah. Everyone, everyone slates the Tottenham bench. It's like it's just because we've had so many injuries. Our bench yeah. on Saturday was pretty good. Our bench is absolutely awful at the moment. It makes me sick to even to look at it. But, um, yeah, like you would put Winks on the bench over Sissoko probably. Yeah, just about, yeah. Because, um, like, you don't really need Sissoko as a wing option anymore, do you? Because you've got Lucas. <laughs> I'm a bit shocked that he said he'd just about have Harry Winks on the bench ahead of Sissoko. I'm not a Sissoko <laughs> basher, to be honest. I think he's all right. I still think but... Winks is a much better yeah. player than Sissoko, he, he just is, technically. He is, definitely. But I, un- I kind of understand Sissoko's Sissoko's role. Sissoko's unique, so he's used to Just run and run and run and run and run and hope he just sort of he's gets just, you 30 yards up the pitch just, then loses it. He can be quite useful, but no, that... Mm. Then Basel City. I mean, that's that. What a yawn tie that is. Yeah, I mean, City will probably win both matches. Come on, Basel. Two or three nil. Um, <laughs> Anyone that watches that game over the other one. Yeah. Well, unless you're a City supporter, then we don't want to offend you. But yeah. Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously, none of us have seen much of Basel, but. Well, they've, they've had a few shocks over the yeah. past few years in I yeah. know in group games like didn't they beat United away um, a few years ago? A few yeah. years ago. So Did they, they not beat United this season? They did. Oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, did, they did, didn't they? they? Yeah. I, was, I knew it was some they, point. No, they, they did also knock them out back when Shakiri was there, I yeah. think. Ferg- under Ferguson, yeah. 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 Porto, yeah, I mean, Liverpool. Hopefully, Basel can, you know, smash them up. Yeah. yeah. Or as you That'd say, football, nice. get into them and then bleat. Yeah. <laughs> smash them up, get into them. Uh, Porto versus Liverpool. I think Liverpool are favourites here, but Porto could maybe surprise them they could is that how your brother's going to spend his Valentine's Day watching Porto versus Liverpool well no because I'm going to have Real Madrid versus PSG on yeah I think think most men will probably have Real Madrid versus PSG on in the background and make sure they go to a sport pub or something I I mean you face Spurs you said probably not a lot of goals Real Madrid PSG I see quite a lot of goals in this team because they're both very top heavy Mm. they've both got good individual defenders but Neither unit are particularly solid because they don't really have to be. Well, the way the way Real Madrid are playing at the minute, you'd probably yeah, expect I mean, PSG probably should have been exposed. Just edge that out. But. Ye- yesterday, I read Paul Doyle's piece on this game in the Guardian, and um, and uh, yeah, there's a few uh, predicaments for Unai Emery with um, Mbappe coming back from injury, terrible form, sent off at the weekend, Di Maria in sparkling form, can only play one of them really. Di Maria. If, yeah, if, I mean, if, I, if, if someone's coming back from injury in a big game like that, you play the no, one. That's oh, he, he's been back for a while. He's just been bad. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. and he plays on the right. But Di Maria, he's he, he's really effective from the right wing. Cavani didn't play at the weekend, but mm. will you'd assume would come back into the team because I don't think he's injured. But he wasn't in the squad. Maybe suspended. Just rested. Know, probably. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, so Neymar's on the left, Cavani's in the middle, that's like certain. So yeah. it's a right wing conundrum. And then with Thiago Motta out, it's Lo Celso or Lasana Diara. Lasana Diara back at PSG. I mean, no, he's not back there, he's just there, isn't he? But yeah. his career path is absolutely bizarre. Yeah. If you look at it on Wikipedia, yeah. it's incredible. He's like Arsenal, Chelsea, Portsmouth, Real Madrid, Real Madrid Marseille, PSG. It's weird. But but again, it's always, always been a decent player. Do mm. you go with experience? Or in the away leg, yeah. I've seen glimpses of Lo Celso and he looks quite lightweight. 
So yeah. I would go with Diara. It's one thing doing well in Liga, uh, but then when you've got mm. Modric, Kroos, Casemiro. But for PSG, it's key, again, it's a bit like the Tottenham. Make yeah. sure you're in the tie when you go back back yeah. home. Rabio, Verratti, and Diara would be would, would be a good midfield for PSG in that yeah. tie. Either way, I mean, it's going to be a great tie. You'd assume that'd be a great weekend. Of I hope, if that one disappoints, it'd be very, very sad. But um, there's always a second leg. <laughs> there is, and we know that PSG in two-legged ties can be quite entertaining. Yeah. Last year, they they said they've learnt from it. We'll see about that yeah, but I think it'd probably help that the second leg's at home rather than yeah, being at Barca yeah. like I mean, anybody could probably do what they did at Barca because it's just yeah. it being and the orchestrator of that Barcelona comeback they've now got because yeah. Neymar was just the star of the show that they day. threw a hissy fit and signed rage signed <laughs> him yeah. yeah it was like they cheated on football manager and just <laughs> took control of another team and then sold it <laughs> um, anyway we'll leave it there hopefully we'll be back on next week in the meantime, subscribe, share, follow, and take care. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Enigma Voices bringing you the 3PM podcast. Oh,